Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and uh, I've been painting the crap out of some Infinity models. Nice. Uh, I'm Kevin, and for the last five days, I've been painting the crap out of a goddamn thing. <laughs> and this is Potter, and uh, apparently I now own more Infinity models. All right. Yay. Yay, which will be needed to be based, which will lead us into our conversation today. All about, about that base. All about that base. All about the base. We are going to get sued for copyright infringement now. Um, <laughs> hey, we didn't... We, we, we didn't, can't afford that. <laughs> and, no, we can't. And we didn't... We didn't follow up with the uh, the next line. There's there's nothing. We didn't say anything. I'll about. if anything, I'll do the Star Wars version because that's pretty much the only one I know. Yeah, that, that's fair. Fair enough. All right. Anyway, so. guys, hobby progress. Yeah. Well, we know what yours is. No, well, well, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I had, so yeah, I had a pretty slow five days since last Wednesday, I guess, um, yeah. or four days since our last hobby hangout. Uh, so yeah, which patrons. have been fantastic. The yeah. hobby hangouts have been absolutely amazing. Um, and we've been having a really good time hanging out and talking to our patrons while painting. Yes, uh, it's been great. Um, but so I, I did finish my 012 from the Operation Wildfire box, and now I'm even more sad that I don't have Beyond Wildfire um, because I want I just want to paint more 012 models. But that's okay. Uh, somehow there will be more someday that I can paint. Um, and I think that's honestly about it. I, I mean, unless we... No, I don't know. I did some Kings of War stuff recently. Uh, I've finished up Relic Blade stuff. And I guess I got a new uh, magnetic bag from Battle Foam. And I spent some time uh, organizing that and basically being able to carry a Song of Ice and Fire, Malifaux, Star Breach... Relic Blade and MCP all in one case. So that's pretty cool. That's that is, not bad. Yeah, that's that's quite a lot of uh, armies there in one case. Yeah, man. For several different systems. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Well, Paul's been apparently painting Infinity. Yeah, I've been painting Infinity. I have uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, wow. Seven fully painted combined army models. Nice. Yeah. Get a few uh, more in there and you got a whole whole army list, man. Working working on uh, number eight and number nine already has the main colors blocked out, uh, which is pretty awesome. They're coming along and I've had I've had Craig in my ear pushing me to, to challenge myself on, on how they look and, and how I've been working my colors and uh, it's paid off. Absolutely, nice. just paid off. Yeah, um, the only the only downside is that there's a major difference in my first Rodoc that I painted and the last Rodoc that I painted. So at some point, I might have to go back and just add some highlights to kind of bring them a little closer together, or just be like, "Hey, look how much better I've gotten." I'd say the latter. Yeah, probably because then I can just move forward and have more. Uh, I also uh, began contrast painting some O12. Uh, which has been pretty cool. Uh, a very got, cool, like green and orange scheme. I like it a lot. Green. Yeah, it's a, it's a pterodon and turquoise and the Griffhound orange that we had talked about on our contrast episode. How they are like perfect together, and then added some some bronze on top of it on, on in some highlight places, and it's coming out really well. I got the I got the beefy boy Gamma painted up. He was the first one because um, I figured there were some big color splotches there to be able to work with and see how I liked it. Uh, and I have the Delta almost done. So that's that's pretty exciting. So that's, you know, on top of the other seven that I did for Combined Army and, and basically two O12s, uh, I'm making progress. Sounds good, man. Nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. And Chris, any progress on the hobby? Surprise to no one. No. <laughs> All right. Not at all. Not at all. I got. I thought you were working on something. I thought you I, sent me pictures of stuff. I uh, so like two weeks ago. So well, so it's since our last recording. No, I've not worked on anything. Um, when we did our did the last recording, um, I was working on Obi Wan, but I have not touched him since. So 
I don't know. Like I had this big drive to do a bunch of painting, and now that I figured out how I want the clones to paint the clones and they look good, it's a lot of effort to work with the contrast painting and then you know, like wicking excess contrast paint off, and it's just it looks really good, and I'm very happy with the end product. But it's a lot of effort, and every time I go to sit down to do it, my brain's like, nope, not today. So well, fair enough. It's 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 quarantine, man. Do what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, I've been catching up on a lot of stuff that I haven't, like, movies and stuff that I haven't seen in a long time that I'm like, oh, yeah, I I like this movie. Let me watch it. So I've been doing a lot of that. Cool, cool. Um, Yeah, that's awesome, though. I'm I'm glad that you're at least, you know, enjoying yourself in quarantine. That's what's important. Yeah, I mean, I keep looking at this this one clone model I did in the 501st paint scheme. I'm like, oh, man, this is so good. I need to do more. And then, yeah, the drive goes away. Come to the hobby hangout next time. Yeah. it Wednesdays are, like, the only day that I don't have something planned uh, during the week. And I don't have kids. So it's it's one of those, like, I, could, I want to do it. But at the same time, I just want to relax and do nothing. Because it's my only day of no plans. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Basing. No, 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 not basing. We got some other things to talk about. News. Oh. I want to bring news into the podcast a little bit. Oh, we have what, some what, news. What good news? I'm, I'm so used to quarantine and nothing happening. And I forget that <laughs> I there's know. like good things happening because there's always so, something happening. Yeah, so we'll try, I'll try and do a little bit of news in between Hobby Progress. We had uh, James, uh, creator of the uh, – James Baldwin, creator of the Drowned Earth on the podcast uh, – a couple weeks back and we were interviewing him about uh his new game Yula you sorry oh my god you guys Yulaya Chronicles <laughs> so bad uh anyway and we, we I just want to update that the Kickstarter is up to 67,000 now uh it wow. was right around 30,000 when we uh when we talked to him I'm not going to pretend like we're responsible for that but it's really we're responsible <laughs> for that <laughs> Just, just take it. Just take it. No, no, but it's it's really cool to see that uh, the game is doing very well. They've surpassed the original uh, Drowned Earth Kickstarter now. Um, so, and there's still weeks left, right? So, awesome. They're knocking down stretch goals every day. Lots of cool stuff. There's some really neat sculpts there. So if you've been interested in that game, interested in the Drowned Earth as a setting, uh, no better time than to get into that now. Awesome. Well, I mean... It- if I, if I mind, my may I can speak English too. Yeah, it's bad. Um, <laughs> we're doing bad today. Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, the we had some of the Soifigan cards drop as well too this week. For, oh so, for the shit. for for some for some uh, some for, for some watery boys. Yeah. Over yeah. The, see, I thought that was going to be the news. That should have been the news. I'm I'm real bad at podcasting. Over the weekend, <laughs> uh, cool mini or not had a press conference. And they went over a lot, though. They went over the new attachment boxes. So if you play A Song of Ice and Fire and you somehow didn't see this, um, they're going to be releasing boxes that have just attachments. So think, think similar to your hero boxes, but rather than mostly being NCUs, these are going to be uh, attachments for units, which is badass because some of them have been spoiled as cavalry attachments, which, oh boy. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's real cool. Yeah, I think Lannisters are getting the Calvary one. Um, yeah, but also the Lannister Calvary one. If you if you think about it, you can put that guy on with some flayed men, and he's going to be gross <laughs> with flayed men. Uh, also, uh, yes, they introduced the first card spoilers for House Greyjoy, which uh, I, I'm sure I've said on the podcast before would be my first uh, big army purchase outside of playing my Boltons. Uh, and oh man, I could not be more excited for the pillage mechanic that they introduced for the Greyjoys and for the card art that was spoiled and the rules that were spoiled. It seems like they are going to be some salty, salty dogs and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, they look, the cards look good for them. I was the, the, yeah, the pillage mechanic is probably the best thing. And I think the, the rules as well too, from, you know, they, they've got their morale, the morale is not very good. Um, but they're not very good. Yeah. Their armor's not very good. I mean, they're very much like Raiders, like they're fast. They attack, they attack very well, but you know, the moment you break their lines, they're going to run away. And I thematically just, it's fits again. I don't know how that fits for the books since I've never read that far into the books, but also they heal, right? Because right. 
what is dead may never die, right? So they have some recursion mechanics. And also you can, we don't know what the limits are of the rule yet, but there are cards that allow you to hold trays for off for deployment and then deploy them on any flank edge at any point you want. Again, makes sense for our raiders. Yeah, so you can come off the side and get flank charges and stuff. So it uh, it sounds like they're going to be real fun. Uh, and knowing um, knowing Mike Chanel and the design team there, they're going to have multiple play styles. So that'll just be one of them, right? Is that like surprise ambush? And it sounds like they're going to have some, uh, like they're going to play with a kind of like buff bubbles. Uh, if you saw how uh, like Asha works, uh, she's got like a bubble that she puts on all of her guys in short range. So you kind of want to roll her unit within six inches of other units, which again, sort of goes to that creeping Raiders thing, right? They hit you, they hit you like a gang. And, yep. uh, and, nice. But I, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to that. And that's also, yeah, big, big news. Very exciting. I think- and I think one of the other things that came out of that weekend uh, stream was uh, a dragon. Dragon, maybe? there was yeah. a dragon. That got my attention. So I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, we obviously don't know anything about it. We just saw the model. That's it. We don't know if it's going to be kind of something like a, a, a scenario piece, or is it going to be part of the Targaryens? We don't know. It's it's all I need to know. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, I mean that's a good thing. Like, oh, like, okay. I, th- I thought you yeah, weren't looking that... forward to it, kind of. No, 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 no. That's like, yeah, that's that's. Freaking and it's a really nice. I mean, concerned. it's it's a nice, and it's obviously a, you know a young version of it because it's not very big, which I like because it puts a dragon on the table. It's not obscene, which would be you know not within the. Um, aesthetic of the current game system so i like that it's very much looks like it's a younger one smaller so i it will look really nice with the other models on the table yeah it's gonna be cool all right so is that all our news like chops did you forget anything nope. else really no cool? that's the news that's the Do news. you want to run through the discord real quick <laughs> <laughs> nope that's the news all right that's our news insert typing noise here I'm just going to make the Ron. I'm just going to rank the Ron Burgundy jokes. <laughs> anyway, main topic, guys. All about that base. I'm talking yes. about basing, basing your miniatures. Um, so this is just a topic that has uh, come up a lot on the Discord, and also, you know, I I see things on uh, like regular Facebook groups all the time about like, how should I base my models? What should I do? So I figured we should uh, dive in and do an episode about basing. Fantastic. I like basing because to me, a model's not done unless it's based. Correct. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, I paint the base ring last and that's the like, that's the final touch doing the base and then painting the base ring is like the, yeah, it's that, it's that window dressing. I love it. It's like that Um, satisfying completion. So, and, and to be honest with you guys, like base, my basing plan is like how I buy miniatures. Like when I'm thinking about buying stuff, and this obviously isn't true for a game like Marvel Crisis Protocol, which comes with scenic bases, right? But like if I'm looking at like Kings of War uh, or Star Breach or Infinity, I'm thinking about the faction I want to play because how cool they look, but also how I can base the models. Like it's a big deal, right? Uh, especially in Malifaux too. That's another one where scenic basing mm-hmm. is real mm-hmm. cool. So I wanted to go over some of those things and we wanted to go over some of those things. And I think the first thing to talk about without getting into any details, you guys is just talk about the multiple styles of basing that you can get into. And let's kind of keep it to the standard games. Cause a game like uh, Kings of war is kind of a novelty, right? Like most games don't allow you to play dioramas. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Uh, So we'll just stick to your standard games, like games where you've got like 25 and 32 millimeter bases or 30, 40, 50 millimeter bases, right? Like your standard miniature games. Right. Sounds good. All right. Cool. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the methods we'll talk about uh, are going to be base toppers. Uh, Mm -hmm. we'll We'll talk about rollers and stamps. And then we'll get into the bigger and possibly more complicated. Uh, and more things to talk about topic, which is using raw basing materials. 
right? Uh, and sort of making your own bases, if you will. Okay. Um, so let's let's kick off with uh, base toppers. Um, and I, so I love base toppers. I don't use them uh, as often. Like, if you look at all my minis, you're like, what do you mean you love base toppers? You've got, like, 12 models that have base toppers. But I do really like them. I think what it is is that I'm lazy and I don't always want to paint them. So <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it really – it takes a really good base topper and a small army <laughs> for me to really want to consider it. And uh, and I've had a lot of fun with Marvel Crisis Protocol. I think it, Mar Crisis Protocol, since they come with molded bases, has really changed my mind about – doing uh base toppers in the future but how do you guys feel about them have you guys ever bought any do you guys use them ever i've never used them ever I, i've never uh touched them i did look at getting base toppers for infinity uh mostly because of the fact that it's it's oh easier for an easier way to do a lot more of an indoor theme uh, like inside of buildings or ships or whatever for, for the Infinity. So I did think about it for that, but I decided against it. Um, that's the only time I've ever thought about using base toppers. Also, if you haven't seen it now, there are a couple companies. I think it may be Muson Minis and Custom Meeple that make pre-painted Infinity ones. So like <sighs> you just like buy them and slap them down on the base and your bases are done and they're badass yep. looking. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just... there's some really good ones out there for Infinity. That's so, too much up. That's too much up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but there are so there's some great companies out there, right? Uh, Microart Studios, Secret Weapon, Hassle Free, um, we Warsenal, uh, right? Like there's tons of companies, Muson Minis that that make base toppers, uh, both resin and MDF. Generally, what these are is they're little pieces that are sized for your base that you either drop in or set on top or glue on your base, and then you can glue your miniature to them and paint them or paint them and then glue your miniature to them. Um, and the nice thing about them is they allow you to get some real personality. Like uh, a company like Secret Weapon, they make a line of bases, right? And they have, they'll have, they have, like, if we're talking about your standard round bases, they'll have uh, 30 mil, 40 mil, and 50 mil for a specific style. Like say you want like uh, Asian Garden. They'll have an Asian Garden theme. And they'll have like seven different styles in 30 mil, three or four different styles in 40 mil, and then two or three in 50 mil. So that you can buy these different base toppers and then paint them and have this really diverse looking thing. Um, I think they're really great. Uh, it's not lazy at all because you still have to paint them. Um, and they, they, the one thing that I'll say that really may, helps them stand out is that they look like the rest of the model. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. there's sometimes when you'll, you'll do basing materials and it kind of throws you off because the rocks on the base look like rocks because they're, they're painted actual rocks. Right. Uh, whereas when you use a, a resin base topper, they, because you paint them, they have your style. So they really blend with the miniatures that you're putting on them. Uh, and I think that actually goes a long way to selling the effect. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna 100% agree with you, um, but there's there, there's there's an addition there. You said something extremely important, and that's that no matter what you're basing, uh, for the most part, you're probably gonna want to put some paint on it, unless it's like grass flock, uh, just because it it helps bring the miniature together with the base. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, maybe, maybe that's something we talk about as we move on because especially in the, in the basic really materials. Yeah, it yeah. is important. Yeah. But I wanted, I wanted to bring it up here, uh, as well, because it's, I, I think it's really important and, and changes the look of, of the model and the, the whole, the whole thing for sure. And we'll get to it. Yep. Um, so related to base toppers, there's not a whole lot to say about base toppers, right? But related to base toppers is rollers and stamps. Uh, and so these are products made by companies like green stuff world and happy seppuku and or seppuku or whatever, uh, happy ritual suicide. How about that? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> So green stuff rollers we'll talk about first. Those are they're they're basically giant acrylic rods that have uh, base texture on them. And the cool thing about them is generally they're like between five and six inches long, and the texture changes along along it. 
right? So like mm-hmm. one end of the roller has a slightly, slightly different, but on theme texture from the other side of the roller, uh, which gives you a lot of variability in your bases and how this, how these work. Um, I mean, it works a couple different ways, but in essence, you get a two part modeling putty. So green stuff, right. Or gray stuff or, you know, whoever you're buying it from, it's a two part, you mix them together. There's a kind of soft one and then a very hard one uh, and you mix them together and then they, they basically harden into plastic um, and you paint them. But while they're still malleable, you can roll or stamp onto them and the texture will come off. And then either you uh, you size them and cut them or what I do is I actually spread the green stuff onto the base and then roll the base and then roll the topper over it and cut around the lip, but there's a couple ways to do it. And you get very cool patterns doing this. And it's kind of like using base toppers. Um, but you have, I feel a little bit more control Mm -hmm. over the patterns that you have. Um, and I mean, that's about it really is that you just have a little bit more control and it's a lot cheaper too. uh, especially if you have a volume because base toppers can cost a lot of money, right? You, You can pay almost as much as models, for base for mm-hmm. good high quality base toppers, but a green stuff roller and some green stuff is not that expensive. And you might already have green stuff anyway for gap filling or whatever. Um, and you can roll out a bunch of bases for not a lot of money. And outside of that, it's very similar to base toppers, right? You paint them and you stick your models to them or whatever you're going to do. Uh, I happen to like them a lot, especially for doing things like flagstone and cobblestone. Um, because those are patterns that I, I sure as hell don't want to carve them. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to pay two to three dollars per base topper to get them from a basing company. Uh, So it's much better for me for my money to either get some milliput or some two part putty and then just roll my green stuff roller over them. Yeah, I've never I've I've never done it with a an actual product from a vendor. I've all I have done my own kind of like ghetto version of of rollers and stuff like where I'll have a texture on it and I'll like press the green stuff down onto it and do it that way. So, you know, again, it's not the roller, but it's the same similar concept, but yeah. Yeah. Like a mold, like a green stuff. Right. Yeah. Which I wish I had done that. Cause you're right. I did, uh, when I was, uh, painting, uh, and we'll get more in depth into as we go on, uh, my signal army, I wanted more of like a, a city theme, kind of that Victorian era city theme, but I wanted it obviously to be an active battle zone. And, uh, and I did on my guys, I carved individual like bricks for the streets oh. that they're standing on. Like, so, Oof. so Paul, if you, Paul, if you remember back when we were playing war machine, my, my, uh, striker one model that had like the red brick basing, that yeah. was, that was all green stuff that I sculpted into bricks. Ugh, I'm exhausted thinking about it. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of work. Yeah. But it looked good. It did. It, you know. Uh, but yeah, like most stuff I do, it was a grand design and it never came to fruition. Bummer. <laughs> but that, so that's st- rollers and stamps. Good way to go. I've actually done this with a lot of my models. I've done this with a ton of models. Uh, cause I have five or six, uh, happy ritual suicide stamps. Uh, and then I also have four green stuff rollers. So I've, I've been really getting into this particular thing. I like this a lot. Um, the, the base toppers I've used in the past, I, I used to use weird old metal ones. Those are great. Uh, I use them for some, some Malifaux, mm-hmm. uh, pricey, but, but very nice. Um, and then death ray designs. I don't know if they still do or not. It, they used to make some base toppers. Yeah. The MDF uh, ones. They're really yeah, nice. Yeah. So I had some brick ones and some herringbone ones. Uh, and, and I always like using those. Um, I used them on, on a bunch of Malifaux models and, and some, uh, Guild ball. Yeah. So and it was you, good. It was really easy. You just slap some paint on it. Like those are, those are really easy to use. And if you want newer, uh, because some of those can be harder to get, like, but you can get rollers that have herringbone patterns too. So if you're looking for like a herringbone pattern floor, you can still do that with rollers, um, for, you know, for products that are still in, in play. And then also like weird still makes their plastic, uh, weird scapes and yep. those are badass. So yeah, yep. they're really nice. Yep. Very, very nice. So base toppers and rollers, that's one thing. But then the, the big meaty thing topic is basing materials, right? Because this is how I do 70% of my models um, mm-hmm. is with basing materials. And so really what this is, is like 
bring whatever you want to your base, right? And, and then start gluing shit to your base and doing stuff. Um, but I think the most common, and you, you guys can stop me here before we start getting into all the products. So the most common thing that you see people do is you slap a texture paint down and then you do, give it a wash and a dry brush and then stick some stuff to it, like some tufts, mm-hmm. right? But yep. like, and that's a really simple way to do basing and it looks really good. I think that's become the norm now. It wasn't always the norm back in the day. Like yeah. when we first when we first started going. Right. Back in the back in the day it was more PVA glue, dunk it in some sand with some rocks and then put like little tufts of static grass on it, boom, you're done. Yeah. And and I think that you're right. The new normal is slap down some texture paint, give it a wash, give it a dry brush and glue some tufts to it. Um, but that looks real good. I mean, it, I think that's brought as much to the hobby as washes did when washes came in. Right. I agree. Because it, it's made it very it's made it easy to get reliably good bases onto models. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how my Legion models are based for my, my uh, Republic side. The, it's just, yeah, textured dry brush or paint dry brush tough to grass boom done dude i will tell you every time i bring out my bolton army people are just like oh man the basing is so good on this i'm like guys i just like spread out some vallejo mud i gave it a wash i gave it a dry brush i glued some tufts to it and then i splattered a bunch of snow all over it like it was not difficult at all but it gives a very good convincing effect and the nice thing too is even if you get a little bit on the model it's texture it's it, you know exactly well uh, yeah outside of the concrete ones i totally agree with right. you i hate when i'm spreading concrete and i get it onto a model's foot i'm like fuck but yeah with mud for sure it doesn't even well, matter because they'd have it, mud on their feet anyway sometimes if a, if a model's like running i'll even put texture paint on the bottom of their foot mm-hmm. yeah uh, so makes, it looks like, I like that idea yeah, so it looks like they're coming up off the mud. And then the other thing I've actually done, and I've gotten compliments for this too, is I'll take some of the some of the mud texture on a paintbrush, and then I'll go underneath the model and kind of go splat, like you know what I mean, like run my finger along the fin- the 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 paintbrush to like splatter some mud underneath them, mm-hmm. um, and it makes it look like they were running in mud. Um, but the, you know, those are just like small things you get into. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the products, right? So we, we hit on basing textures. So if you've never done this before, uh, the products that I recommend personally are the Vallejo textures and the Citadel basing textures. The Citadel basing textures are really expensive. Um, so know that going in. I know, I know. Um, and the Vallejo ones are amazing. Uh, Vallejo makes a dozen probably or more because they they have like four or five different textures and each texture comes in multiple colors so you can Uh get like the thick mud and then the thick mud comes in different colors based on the region so they have like european thick mud which is like darker uh versus the american thick mud which is more reddish and brown like terracotta um, and then they've got like sand and the standard earth texture, which isn't quite as muddy looking. It's more like uh, loose dirt. Um, and those all again, call them in different colors and they come in 200 mil tubs, which are big, big tubs. Yeah. Like I've, so I have the, the muddy earth and I've based, uh, let's see, 76 Boltons plus their trays. And I still have half of the thing left. Uh, along with any other models that I've done that I can't think of the, uh, I mean, I have done other models with the mud, but the significant amount of it went on to the, Oh, my Kings of War dioramas that I just made are also with that. And I still have a quarter of that thing left. Right. Ah, nice. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the thick mud is, it's great. And that the 200 mil bottles are great and they're like 14 bucks. Yeah. That's yeah, not it's bad. Really nice. That, especially for something that lasts you that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it, the Vallejo stuff is uh, well worth the money because it lasts forever. Yeah, I, I jumped in early on some of the texture ones uh, when GW started putting theirs out uh, mm-hmm. before I ever figured out like Vallejo had a line. Um, and it took a while for, I think, in this area for a lot of stores to start picking up some Vallejo products as well too. So our access to it outside the internet was low. But I, I've I've enjoyed the the GW one so far. Yeah, I mean Sterling Mud, man, is like I think that's, that's what like I the, use. That's like the Agrax mm-hmm. Earthshade of basing texture, man. It's yep. just like so reliably good. 
Well, that's that's one of the things with the GW stuff is that it matches their paints, right? So you can like one of the things that I do, and I'm doing this with the Infinity models now, is that I'm using the whatever the Dunes one is. Let me see, it's Agarus Dunes, uh, Armageddon Dunes, or Armageddon Dunes, Agarus. Yeah, yeah, so I'm using Armageddon Dunes, but that the color of that matches with uh, the Zandari Dust base color. So I'll put down yep. the Zandari Dust base color. And then put the Armageddon Dunes on it. So this way, if there's a spot that doesn't quite get the sand on it or or whatever, uh, it's not you know missed. It doesn't it doesn't you know like show up differently. So it so it blends in and, and kind of gives it just more of a natural effect. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the best ones I used outside of the generic kind of like the Sterling one uh, that you're talking about chops is uh, GW had one, and I was building a. Uh, Circle of Arboros Army, but I was making it Native American themed, and I was going more like Arizona Native American. So I was doing cracked earth like desert bases. And GW makes a product where you slap the paint on, but as it dries, it shrivels Critical. up and yeah, cracks. That's cool, man. And you just take that and then just water down some PVA glue just to put it on top of it so it doesn't chip off over time. That stuff is it's superb i love the look of it it was so good yeah it's real good and i and i'll still what i was going to do after everything is i was going to recommend the citadel cracking textures because no one else makes those like theirs Mm -hmm. uh and the vallejo standard textures because yeah like the agrelin earth is the the one specifically i think you're talking about i Uh, think so and and it's so cool yeah Um, it looks it looks so beautiful it was such a good they're also, they're also harder to use. I think those ones yeah. require more experimentation before you actually put them on a base with a model on them. Um, but they're really, really cool. Yeah, it's one of those where you don't want too much, but then at the same time, you don't want too little. You really do have to find that fine line. Yeah, and paint underneath too, right? Correct. So when it like dries, you don't have white or black underneath them. Correct. So it, it, yeah, there, there's there's some some things that go along with using those cracking textures, but I would agree that they are on the whole very very good. Yep. Um. So let, let's talk a little bit more about different things you might get. I, I would say you, if you're going to be using basing textures, I would invest in the Citadel texture spreader. It's just another one of those little things that Citadel makes that when you see it, you're like, what the hell is this thing? And why am I going to pay six fifty for it? It's like a little black rod. Uh, but basically it's got two spades on it of different sizes, a small spade and a large spade at either end. And you use them for scooping out and spreading the texture. And I will tell you, um, they are amazing. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are other tools that you could use, but the nice thing about them is you can use them. They're, they're very good because of the, especially the, the wider side, it's really good for padding into it at like stippling it after you've laid uh-huh. it down to give it, uh, to give it some depth and, and different look and break up the, the actual texture itself. Um, but it's also very good at just spreading the texture and not getting it into places where you don't want it. Yep. Um, so highly recommend. Yeah, I don't have one of those, but that is like my next investment. I have one, and yes, as Chop says, it's it's invaluable with it. And again, don't know if there are other tools out there that are like it. Most likely there are, but yeah, this I'm one sure is, there are. This one is it's good. It's it's it, I use it for that. I I use it for green stuff sometimes as well too. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's that's the that also. Um, you had some stuff on here, um, Paul. That you, I think that you you noted in some Gale Force Nine stuff and some Army Painter stuff. Do you want to get into that a little bit? Yeah. I, well, the Gale Force Nine stuff uh, is they've actually got a pretty extensive line of of static grass, um, and their static grass is really really nice, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to to put that on there. Um, and and they also on top of the the grass, they also have. I mean, I guess you can think of it as bushes, right? It's it's like if you think of modeling railroad trees, mm-hmm. it's a, it's that same type of puffy uh, material that mm-hmm. you can then put on your base, glue on your base. Um, you can also then like glue multiple of those little foamy pieces together to make a bigger bush. Uh, so it, it ends up giving you a lot of variety. And with Gale Force 9, they make them so this way they're set for all different types of the year. So you can have an autumn one or a spring one or a winter one. 
so so there's a lot of opportunity for variety to match however you're painting your army yeah and i think the they also sell uh shale rock um yes. for the those as well too um that is fantastic uh if you're looking for something more to to set that kind of character aside or that important figure in your army where you want it up a little bit higher the they're really the shale that they sell is top quality it's not too brittle um i've used it a lot when i was uh working with a, a 40k army in the past uh so easy to drill into with the pen vise uh you know just glues down with some super glue it's a very high quality product and i it, it a lot of the gale force 9 stuff i think has started to not get used as much as we've gone into more of this era of textured stuff because with the combination of the textured paints and the army painter grass tufts which i know paul will probably get more into but they are the best grass tuft products on the market hands down of that i've used um I don't see people using a lot more of the Gale Force Nine stuff in mini wargaming anymore. It's you know it's it's I, it feels like it's gotten relegated to a lot more of that back to that train models kind of stuff because that's what a lot of the materials look like. Um, but you know the, it's just the eras changed. But it's good to know that those products are still out there if you want something more of a you know back to basics kind of stuff how we used to do things. Yeah, and I'm I'm still using their their little rock grit. Uh, I still use that on the on my World War II models because I I just think that looks better underneath the the grass. And I would think um, I I think that's where a lot more of it will get used is in more of those historic games, in my personal right. opinion. And and again, like I said earlier, it's very important that even with those even with those um, you got to paint them or else they just look like you threw some rocks on top of Correct. your model. But once you once you paint them, throw a wash on them, uh, it stands out, it blends in, and you know, it matches the model. It's it's fantastic. But yep. then then you throw some you throw some uh, static grass on top of it and some tufts, and it starts blending in and just looking real natural. Um, but let's let's talk about those tufts because the army painter tufts are just absolutely one of the best products you can stick on your mini when it's done uh, to really put it over the top. Uh, the the and and it's literally just just a tuft of static grass. Uh, that's been glued together and then you put a little dab of PVA glue and then stick it to your base. Um, and I mean, it can be flowers, it can be grass, uh, hedges, whatever. Um, but it just, it just brings up the level, but also adds some depth to what you're doing on your Mm -hmm. base. Yeah. Um, So by the, by the time you have like for my, for my Germans for chain of command, you know, I have I have the tufts, and then I have the grass, and then I have the rocks, right? So it's so it's multi-layer bases, and all of them stick out. So you're you're getting that that full look at at the ground. It's not just one dimensional. Yeah, they're they're very good. The, the packaging they come into, they've got this they've got this adhesive tape that everything's held to that really mm-hmm. holds the the grass very well. And the nice thing is, is it does not lose its adhesiveness very easily. So if you pull up a, gra- a tuft up and you're like, mm, this is too much, let me grab a smaller chunk. You you could just take your tweezers, put it back down onto there, and you it'll go right back on there without being loose or, or coming you know sticking and then falling off later. The adhesiveness is really good. So if you make mistakes, grab too much, whatever it is, you're not screwed where you're gonna lose that piece and then lose out on that money you just spent on it because it it, it stores very well. Yeah, and it looks good. Like I've seen I've seen somebody who took they they have like field of flowers. Uh, which is great because like some of them are yellow, some of them are white, so it's variety and you can mix it up. But I saw somebody who did a, a demon army for 40k uh, and had all of the demons holding tufts of flowers, so it looks like they were all carrying around bouquets. It was amazing. Oh, I've never even thought about putting it like in models' hands. That's clever. I like mm-hmm. that idea. Yep it it was so great. You know, just because it's demons and there they are, they're carrying around these flowers. Uh, it was top notch. I like yeah, it. It's real fun. Um, yeah, you guys have said everything I would have wanted to say. I love tufts, though. Uh, if you look at my my armies, I'm I'm a I'm a tuft fiend. Uh, I think I have like I probably at any given time have twenty sheets of tufts, 
um, just because there's so much variety and there. Every time I add one to my arsenal, as I'm running out, I'm like, well, I need another one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I've just got this huge collection of them. Um, and there is more than the Army Painter. Uh, if you search Grass Tufts on like Amazon, there are other companies, but the Army Painter does have like a very good line of them. And and most likely your your local game store has them. Yep. Yes, that is also very true. Where your local game store might not have uh, the other brands that are out there, like U Gun uh, and Blue and like some of the other ones, and World War Scenics. Um, yeah, those are like I well, li- those ones are nice. Too. Yeah, I like the World War Scenics ones, especially the World War Scenics flowers, because they have really bright flowers that that just pop uh, mm-hmm. when you put them down. Um, but yeah, I think grass tufts are the the best thing you can buy, right? Like outside of the, the, the basing gel or basing, uh, like basing material, you can't get any better, right? Cause you, again, you can lay the texture down, you let it dry, you give it a wash, you give it a dry brush and you stick down some tufts and your bases look good. Yep. Yeah. Real good. It's it's like, it's like, it's, it's the wash of the basing world. That's what I'm right? saying. It's, yep. it's liquid, liquid talent, if you will. Yep. You know, you just stick that on there, and it looks so good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, unless you guys want to talk more about Tufts, because I could go on about Tufts. I mean, we can have a whole episode on Tufts, but let's, <laughs> let's yeah. have a tough, tough talk, a tough episode. Yeah. Tough oh talk. God, the puns, the puns. <laughs> we did. We could do some tough talk. Talk about different Tufts we like, and uh, and what we like to do with them. Each episode, I don't think we should do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> but there are other good textures. Some things I'll point out is there's some product. There are some companies out there like Woodland Scenics, which you brought up railroad products. It's a railroad product company. They make a product mm. called Realistic Water, which is really good oh, yeah, for that's making really water. Good. That's great. Uh, also, there are companies out there that make snow. Um, it's all, there are also techniques if you look online for making your own snow with baking soda and PVA and some other stuff. Um, but I really recommend the Citadel, uh, the Valhall and Blizzard. It's not cheap like anything Citadel makes, but also it's real good. Um, and yeah, of all the ways that I've done snow, that is the only way I recommend. I yep. have never been brave enough to do snow still. Well, look, I tell you look, what. Look, you do it no, with this Valhalla stuff, and it's like. no bravery at there's all. No, there's no need to be brave, No, nope, you just slap it down and it looks good. Uh, yep. It's very, very good product. Um, yep. And anybody who tells you differently is lying. Uh, it works very well, and I can prove it because I've got it on seventy something odd Bolton. Well, yeah, I was like, I've seen your Bolton, so yeah. Oh, you don't even look. Look at uh, that's how I did my uh, uh, my Song of Ice and Fire dudes. I don't I know. You don't own a Song of Ice and Fire anymore, so I don't hey, know uh, what ask, you're talking ask, about. J- ask Jim; he's got them. All right. So going on, uh, another thing I want to talk about with with regards, especially to the uh, texture paints and stuff is there there are cool things you can do and and what i'll say is don't be afraid to paint it right like even if you're buying like a sandy texture doing something and here's the other thing if you're going to do a sand texture uh and you're or a rock texture as paul said the idea here is that you don't put the basing down after you painted the model like you do with a base tech like one of these texture paints when you're using actual raw materials like if you get some uh, like paving sand or like that rock grit stuff. You want to glue your model to the base, put some PV on, put that on, and then prime that with the model. Yep. Uh, so you paint it. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is because you should feel empowered to do crazy shit, uh, like paint your things fluorescent colors and make alien landscapes um, just as a technique, right? And And I'll tell you, one of my more secret recent pro tips is use contrast paints. Because when you have a highly variable surface, contrast paints get into those nook and crannies and darken Mm -hmm. and look really good. Uh, And I can tell you that I have used the old, I'm talking about like 1995 Citadel basing uh, sand. You know, you remember that sand that's got like little gray rocks in it? Uh, Mm -hmm. I still have a tub of that shit. Uh, and And I've, you know, glued some of that to a base and then primed it and then uh, and basically primed it gray like a as your your standard you know um uh contrast color and then put like pterodon turquoise over it and put like shyish purple over it and this shit looks awesome um so that's another thing is like be brave with your bold with your bases and don't be afraid to like go to your local hobby store buy a pack of like 40 odd 
25 mil bases and just experiment on some, right? You're talking about paying like 20 cents per base maybe at that point, maybe even cheaper, probably 10 cents for base for some of the like like GW style 25 mil beveled bases. Um, but, and just go nuts, man. Like that's, I think the advice I can give you is buy some materials and really just experiment and find a thing that you like. I, I get a lot of enjoyment and I have probably 75 test bases that I, you know, I take pictures of and write what I used on them so that I can go back and, and find them. And I'll do that. Like, I'll just like crack out six or seven of them, write what I did and then put them away. And then when I'm going to base an army later, uh, find those, go through those pictures and pick out a basing style that I liked. And since I've gotten the contrast paints, I've been doing that a lot. And one of the really fun experiments is to get Astro Granite, which is a Citadel texture that is is basically the color of concrete and it takes mm -hmm. all manners of contrast really well. It, you guys have seen my O12 models, right? Those mm -hmm. are Astro Granite and then I put um Tarragon Turquoise over them and then dry brush them with Kronos Blue. Oh um, wow. And right, and they look dope, dude. They uh, pop. Um, so that that the thing I want to say is, you know, don't uh, don't be afraid to step out of the like standard, put a texture down, wash it, dry brush it, and put some tufts on it. You can do more, uh, and also that looks great. You should do that. I do that on a lot of my models, and it looks and fine. And especially too, like like with Infinity, it's so common for people to just do city bases to be able to take something and and make it a little alien. Like with my, my combined army, I'm doing a, a, a sandy base, but I'm going to, like, like, I'm not done with that bit of it yet, but I, what I'm most likely going to do is do a, a colored wash on it. Uh, most likely a green, because that'll match the, the mat that I bought for the game. Warp so lightning. I want, yeah, exact, exactly. Yes. See? That's exactly what I'm going to do. But don't, uh, um, don't do that on the one that you've painted. <laughs> do it on a blank base first so you can see it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I got plenty of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to just to get that idea, just to make it a little a little more alien, um, and and not be your standard infinity base. That's that's you know, a road. So yeah, so so I, I think guys, um, we can do we can wrap this and we can do final thoughts. My my final thought is if you're just getting into this, buy buy a texture you like, buy a Vallejo Earth texture or buy a thick mud and some uh, tufts to go with it and just start by putting that down, giving it a wash and gluing some tufts on it. I promise you it'll set your miniatures off. If you've never tried it before, it's going to look really good and you'll really be proud of your miniatures. And then if you've been doing this for a while, brace bravely, Bra bleh, base bravely. I can talk tonight. Uh, and <laughs> put some wild colors on your bases. It, it, it can really change up what you've been doing. Um, so for, for my final thought, thoughts are when you're getting into the point where you're getting a little bit more advanced with your bases, don't be afraid to experiment with materials that are outside of what you can purchase at your local gaming store. Um, look at, look at what you can see in a hardware store. Look what you can see going around Target, Walmart, a craft store. Anything really can be used as a basing material if you've got the imagination for it. So go wild and make those things as crazy and awesome as you want. But, you know, at the same time, if you're new to it, like, like Chop's saying, like, you know, use what's out there. Use what's tried and true. There's a ton of YouTube videos out there for resources and material. You know, just, just experiment and find out what you like. Man, I'll tell you what, Rigatoni makes a fantastic log. Sure does. <laughs> I've done it. I have pictures to prove it. I've got some Absolutely. mosquitoes from uh, from Malifaux that are on Rigatoni that are painted Whoa. like logs, and I and I and I put a bunch of uh, flock inside of it to look like it was mossy in the middle. Yeah, I mean, but like go, going to Michaels and getting those plastic uh, grid. Uh, things that you can get for it's not cross stitching but it's a it's a form of like kind of stitching kind of art or uh, uh -huh. uh, work those work great for like spaceships or you know industrial kind of zones for grading you know that's what i'm yeah, talking man. about like look at things like uh, check them out see what you see what you see out there in the world and just grab it man and just play with it like i know when i did my my Signar army back in the day, I had this whole thing. I was using basalt, I, or uh, uh, yeah, basalt wood. I was using 
green stuff, gray stuff. I was using all sorts of things to make it like debris and everything, like a like a cities or a, buildings had fallen over and everything. Like just grab stuff out there that looks like it, put slap it on the model, make your make your model stand out, make them awesome. Yeah, and and being brave with your basing is an easy way to do that. And people will come up to you and say, "Wow, that looks great." You know, that's just it. It's going to put it over the top. A, bases a, a and faces, great base, man. Yep. Bases exactly. and faces. A, a great base can take a average or below average paint job and make it look a billion times better. Trust me. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, yep, no, it's just just be uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, experiment it. You know, imaginative. There you go. Just yeah. be imaginative. Base bravely. You want to take us out That's of here, right. Paul? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, oh, first things first. Uh, we do have a new patron to announce, and that is Brian. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for for joining Patreon and, and supporting us. And we look forward to seeing you in one of our hobby hangouts since you are a wet palette person. Um, they've been really fun, and we're looking forward to having you there. Uh, beyond that, uh, thanks to all of our patrons for supporting us. Uh, it's it's just unbelievable to us, all the support you give us month in, month out, and, and keeps us going. Um, and then uh, thank you to Static as a City for the wonderful music. And thanks to both of you for still doing this with me after all this time. And then uh, I think that's it. Oh, check us out on Instagram and twitter and facebook it's all at three men in a war game the number and then uh the discord make sure you come hang out on the discord because it's an awesome place and we talk games all the time so you can't go wrong with that uh and and that rounds us out so thanks again for for listening we appreciate it